When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Episode 31 of the Rutgers Scout Cast is upon us, and it is too sweet to be here with you again on a Friday, getting ready for another Big football game at Rutgers. I am your host of the Rutgers Scoutcast, Scarlet Report publisher, Sam Hellman, and it's going to be another fun show. I know that things aren't necessarily where fans want them to be on the field right now, in the win-loss column, on the scoreboard, however you want to say it, but there are still a lot of fun stories to tell. There's a lot in this program that is going right right now. And I think that anyone that looks closely and looks beyond the scores can see progress and can see some of the things that Coach Chris Ash promised when he was hired and that Pat Hobbs promised were coming when he took over and when he made the decision to hire Chris Ash. In the body of the show, I, I, our guest this week is Dorian Miller, the junior offensive lineman, a second-year starter for Rutgers a local guy from Metuchen High School. Dorian was a great guest. I've known him, feels like forever to be honest. I guess probably since his sophomore year of high school when he came onto the scene. Uh, I, I know his dad from, I mean, I've dealt with two Miller recruitments now and his older brother I met a couple times, the former Oklahoma wide receiver. It's a, a family of really smart people, a family that loves to talk, and Dorian is no exception, and you're going to hear that in the body of the show. Very little football conversation. I talk to Dorian Miller about football once a week when they make him available, so I figured this week let's not talk about football. I talked to Dorian about his academics, how he chose a much tougher major than I chose at Rutgers, talked to him about music, podcasts, his family, he has an excellent answer to the big three questions at the end of the interview, especially his favorite Rutgers player of all time, which is going to surprise you. That's in the body of the show. And afterwards, uh, Brian Doan, Scout National Recruiting Analyst, is back with me to talk various Rutgers topics. But before we jump into our conversation with Dorian Miller, I want to go over a few things that are on my mind. One of the things I love about doing a podcast, I mean, not only am I a a long-time podcast fan. I'm a radiophile, really, since since I got a car and started being allowed to listen to the radio, even even before then, when I had a boombox in my mom's basement, uh, listening to The Hideout on WJFK in D.C. One of the things I love about doing this is you can tell stories in a different way, or you can explain things that might not make sense in an article on a message board in you know, a stand-up video with a microphone, the kinds of things that we normally do as reporters. And one of those things that I think is interesting to discuss, and I'll do it briefly here. If it interests you, please feel free to follow up. Um, there are a lot of differences policy-wise with Chris Ash, how he runs things, and how the Greg Schiano slash Kyle Flood policy worked. And I think that you're seeing a lot of that this week. I know fans will see something like Tariq Cole's injury, but 
they haven't publicly stated the details of the injury or listed him on an injury report so they freak out or they don't know how to react. It's because we've had this Kyle Flood injury report for so long, people aren't used to a different staff, whereas this staff, they'll tell you, yeah, I don't know if he's ready to go yet. We'll see. Let's go with Zach Heeman and see how it goes. That's, it's different. And sometimes different can be scary or different can be confusing for fans, and I understand that. But what I would say is that most of the the policy changes or most of the in terms of what kind of information comes out of the program, I think most of them are for the better. There's no better example to this than the allowing assistant coaches to do interviews. You know, I get to talk to three or four assistants every week on the record, and that's so much more valuable than another interview with a player that's struggling with drops or badgering Chris Laviano about his struggles at quarterback. It's so refreshing to have a different take, and I love that. That's the best policy change that Rutgers has made, and I think Chris Ash learned that from Urban Meyer that maybe if we subject these professional coaches to the media a little bit more, it'll give the players a little bit of reprieve, and it'll give the players a chance to focus on playing football. Now, would I love to interview Tylen Oden? Yes. I, I do find it a little frustrating that he hasn't been available to the media, hasn't been allowed to do interviews since he arrived at Rutgers. But that's why we have the Rutgers Scoutcast, folks. You can scroll back in that iTunes archive and listen to the last interview that Tyler Oden gave about Rutgers, because he hasn't done any since he did my show that I'm aware of. So I guess what my point is, is there's a lot of confusion when it comes to wondering what's going on with an injury like Tariq Cole or Deontay Roberts or Trevor Morris or whatever. And I know that that can be frustrating. It's the same with players get suspended all the time. And just because a head coach doesn't announce that suspension, it doesn't mean that people aren't being held accountable behind the scenes. I can tell you that players have been suspended. It's, it's just that it doesn't matter. You know, it's let Rutgers handle that stuff internally. And when it's really that important Chris Ash is either going to announce it or we're just going to report it anyway that that's what I like about these changes and look do I want more access to watch practice of course I do you guys don't need to hear me complain about that again uh, that's what the entire offseason was for am I right ladies as much as I would love to watch more practice to have the hour a day or so that we that I got over my first nine years here um, even more before some people sacrifice the Thursday access we used to get. You know, it's different. I've adjusted to it. I don't have to like it. But even if I were to go to Chris Ash and say, hey, coach, can we get more practice access? He's going to come back to me and he's going to say, well, Sam, you and Garrett and Key Sargent and Ryan Dunleavy and Bobby Darren are the only ones that come to watch practice. Why would we give you more if no one's even coming to watch it? And he has a point. It's the job of the media, especially when you're fighting for more access, to show up and take advantage of the access that you're given. Anyway, I really got to stop talking about that stuff because it really doesn't interest you guys as much as it interests me, and I've learned that. So sorry about that. Hit the skip 15 second on your uh, iPhone device. Uh, One more quick thing before we get into Dorian Miller. Midnight Madness. If you're listening to this, downloading this as it dropped in the late Thursday night, early Friday morning time frame. 
Midnight Madness. It's free. There's a slam dunk contest with Corey Sanders. What more do I need to say? If you're nearby, why not check it out? I guarantee you it'll be cheaper, more fun, go by faster than any high school football game in the area. Check out a Hall of Fame women's basketball coach. Check out, again, I can't stress enough, Corey Sanders and Slam Dunk Contest. And speaking of dunks, I love them. I know you all love them. Dorian Miller loves them too. Maybe not as much as he loves soccer. We talk a little bit about that in the body of the show. So we're going to speak to Dorian Miller right now. But before, let me remind you again about the opportunity that you have at FanEssentials.net. How would you like to get your favorite team's merchandise delivered straight to your doorstep? Well, check out FanEssentials.net. All you do is pick your favorite sports team, and every month you get your team's gear shipped right to your door. They find the sports gear so you don't have to, and each fan box comes packed full with amazing gear. It makes a great gift idea for any sports fan, or you can be selfish and go ahead and get one for yourself. Prices start at just $34.99 at fanessentials.net. But here's the thing. Because you're a fan of the Rutgers ScoutCast, you can use my promo code SCARLET. You put that in at fanessentials.net at checkout, and you get 30% off your first month just like that. Visit fanessentials.net to get all the essentials you need. All right, we're rolling sound with Dorian Miller. Welcome to the show. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. You say you're a big podcast guy. What kind yep. of podcast do you listen to? Uh, I'm a big, I'm a big comedy podcast guy. I listen to. Uh, I've been listening to these guys for two years. The Bodega Boys, uh, Jesus and Mero. They, they actually, uh, they started off as Twitter guys and then kind of uh, worked their way into you know the podcast world and, and got a. They got their own show on Viceland now. It's uh, premiering October 17th. Charlemagne, Andrew Schultz, those guys, some music stuff, you know, that's kind of what I'm into, so. So Coach Ash allows you guys to have interests outside of football? <laughs> yeah, 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 believe it or not. Yeah, he does. What, um, I guess outside of football, what are you up to these days? I mean, I know that 90% mm-hmm. of your time is getting ready for the next game, but, yeah. I mean, you're a student and you yeah. have interests. Uh, you know, just, just I, I, yeah, outside of uh, schoolwork and you know, working on that stuff. Uh, you know, I'm a big FIFA guy. I just got the new FIFA. I'm an NBA uh, 2K guy. Okay, yeah, I got that too. But, you know, 2K, it, the games take longer. You know, there's a lot more time and effort you got to put into it. So, FIFA, I can kind of pick up and play. And, you know, I really like that new uh, the journey. You know, it's, it's, it's actually a real cool little game mode they got. And uh, on top of that, you know, the games are just kind of quick. You can pick it up, hop online, play a game or two, put it down, get back to what you were doing. So, uh, that just keeping up with music, trying to stay up with music. You know, in this world, of, world of music, you know, it's, it's something new every day. So it's kind of easy to get behind and, and, and uh, lose track of what's coming out. But I try. Now you're playing FIFA. Do you create yourself. You're a six-two, three hundred pound striker. How does that I try, work? I try to cut some weight off. I do. I do. I do six-two. I do the normal height, but I. I'm like, you know, I'm like two oh five rips. <laughs> I try to. I try to keep it. Uh, keep it. Uh, you know true to the game, you know, how I would probably, you know, how much I would weigh if I was there, but yeah, I'm not running down, I don't, I don't look like the, you know, the Penn State kicker on uh, <laughs> on uh, on FIFA now. You, uh, you, and now that you're older, you're more focused academically, probably yeah. you're done with all your general requirements. What, what yeah. are you studying and how much are you enjoying school right now? ITI, and uh, I'm taking this, this data um, analytics class right now, 
And um, I'm also, it's a pretty cool class. It's, 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 it's an elective for ITI, but it's called uh, The Social Impacts of Video Games. And, uh, you know, it's a neat class because it's not, I mean, it, it kind of allows me to, you know, play video games and, and kind of said They didn't it. have video games. <laughs> yeah, no, at all. And, and, it, and that's part of the class. Like, you, you got to learn, uh, you know, how, you know, people view uh, studying video games and, and academics and, you know, how it's kind of actually been tough for, for people to consider it a real thing. And, you know, on top of that, the, the you know, we, we watch a lot of videos. It's a hybrid class, so, you know, we're one day in and then one day online. So it's, it's, a, it's a neat class, though. I like it a lot. And then uh, the, the data analytics class, I've actually used, we use this thing called the Zephyr, and uh, a couple guys wear it every practice. Right, right. And, um the heart you know, rate monitor yeah yeah so I've kind of used that as kind of one of my projects that I want to uh, use as like a blueprint and um, I'm working on um, what is it uh, tr- I guess trying to figure out a way that you could maybe monitor hits taken to the head or something like that so just you know something along those lines is, you know it's, it's, it's a cool class in that aspect you kind of can apply some some real life stuff to it so now are you an iti for practical reasons because it's a good way to there's a lot of jobs there or yeah. is it for the impractical i'm gonna go design video <laughs> no 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 it's for practical reasons yeah i i remember when i took the intro class and i well no no even uh rewind you know i remember coming out of high school and, and i've always been in the computers i've always been the you know i was the jailbreak your phone guy or you, you might know, not want to admit that one yeah <laughs> it's not your, as popular your friend anymore. was a jailbreak yeah, guy <laughs> And uh, on top of that, you know, I was the, you know, I was I was the one that you know was always up up on the, the newest music. So I, I was able to kind of help my friends out in, in certain certain aspects that other people couldn't. And uh, you know, I, I figured, you know, I was like, you know, I'll take a couple communication class classes. I took the intro to ITI class, and uh, you know, it was pretty neat. And, and I was like, you know what? I wonder if this is an actual major. And you know, it turned out it was. So you know, because I and I'm not necessarily in it for the coding aspect of it. I'm in. And more for the data and the, the the information side of it, and being able to kind of gather those things and make decisions off of them. Not not the coding, all right? that's that's like learning a whole new language. It is a, a requirement for the for the uh, the major, but at the same time, it's, it's hard as hell. <laughs> so, you've mentioned music a lot. Um, yeah. Now I look at your family and. Mm-hmm. Big brother at Oklahoma, younger brothers are recruit now, go, mm-hmm. enjoying the process, mm-hmm. looking at a bunch of schools. Yeah. People would look at your dad and assume, oh, he must have also been a big time football player. Yeah, you know what? That's funny. He 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 played uh, he played safety. Uh, I believe he started. He he played sparingly. I think as a junior. Uh, he went to a, well. First off, he went to a big high school. He went to Putnam City High School, uh, War Acres, Oklahoma. So he was a part of that Oklahoma football scene. Right. And uh, he played... A little bigger than Metuch in high school. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. You know, I remember when, when we visited Oklahoma, every time we visited, we try to get to a game. You know, he ran out of helmets and all of that crazy stuff. So, you know, the fog machines and everything. So jumbotrons, it's, it's wild. And they're not even, like, when it comes to getting money and, you know, I guess being up there, you know, they're not a jinx or a... a, a those schools, like those schools in Tulsa. But, uh, yeah, he played, he played junior and uh, senior year uh, safety. And I kind of worked his way through the freshman team and the JV team, and then went up to varsity, you know, as you would at any big school. And you know, he said he could have played at a, you know, a Southeast Missouri State, or kind of a, I guess what would be considered like the the Rowans up here or the Montclair States up here, uh, down in Oklahoma. But you know, he decided to go to NYU. And yeah, I guess <laughs> kind the whole of, music thing worked out. for him. <laughs> Yeah, it worked out for him. Stern School of Business. So, 
Uh, yeah, it was a good decision. <laughs> How much does he help you now? I mean, uh, talk about a guy that stayed close to home for college like you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it like having mom and dad, you know, having family, what, 10 minutes away? Oh, yeah, no, that, that's meant a lot. Uh, you know, being able to, you know, literally just shoot home, you know, it's, it's on, a, on a good day, it could be a 13, 15-minute drive, bad day at worst. It's a, uh, at worst, it's a 20, 25-minute drive with traffic. So uh, being able to get home, uh, spend time with them, you know, it just, it, it has a, it's a nice, uh, uh, refreshing thing to do. You know, I can't imagine, I mean, just from my experience, you know, it's, I can't imagine not having them there, you know, being a part of my college experience, you know, I, I just happened to work out. Initially, I was like, you know what, I kind of want to get away and, and, uh, you know, venture out, which I think if you make that decision, you can live with it and adjust, you know, that's fine. But since, uh, you know, the writing was on the wall throughout my recruiting process and, you know, I went to, uh, I went to UNC and, and, you know, things fell through. Um, I ended up coming here and, and uh, you know, it's worked out for the best. So, All right, so you're a – you being a podcast listener, you know weird questions come at the end of yeah, every yeah, interview yeah. in podcast history. Mm-hmm. So I've got three. Uh, my first right. one, who's your favorite Rutgers athlete? Ooh. Active, favorite retired, favorite whatever you want. Athlete. I'm going to go – this would be a fun one. Uh, she's still playing pro soccer right now. She's from Metuchen. I think she may have crossed over with Carly Lloyd. Uh, her name is Kristen Edmonds. She she played here. Uh, she played when I was a student. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And you know she 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 was always just, you know she was one of those people, you know, growing up in Metuchen. It's a small town. You know she was a multi-sport athlete. You know super athletic, and you kind of just you know did the right things. You know she kind of set a good example. Uh, you know along there's another guy named Marcus Blakely in Metuchen, and then my brother kind of followed them. Uh, you know, we're people I looked up to. So, Rutgers athlete, I'd probably go with uh, Chris and Edmonds for hometown, hometown spirit. Uh, number two, what's your favorite memory when you think about Rutgers, whether it's football or mm-hmm. as a student or whatever? Oh, man, favorite memory. I'm going to go. It's not hanging out with me in Mike Quick's green room. <laughs> nah, oh, man, this is a lot. I'm sifting through right now. I'm sifting through my mind. If I want to go generic, I go... Being at the Louisville game and just experiencing that in, in general, you know, Anthony Davis is a recruit. You know, my brother's there. I'm there. We're sitting 30-yard line, You're five rows up. Old. Yeah, we're sitting by Brian Leonard's parents. Uh, I'm young, thinking the game's over. Next thing you know, they're coming back and they're storming the field. That was, that's pretty cool. Like, I mean, it's tough to top that, but I guess uh, another Rutgers memory would probably be, you know, just, I don't know, it's tough. I guess I'll probably go with that. That's a strong answer. (laughs) That's a strong, yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. Last one might be tough because you're an offensive lineman, but Uh I'm talking food. If you get one more meal on the Rutgers campus, where are you going and what are you ordering? Oh, man. Wow. That's a tough one. Uh, I'm not helping you out on this one. Yeah, I know. (laughs) You know what? This may surprise people, you know, especially people that haven't, you know, been at Rutgers recently, but I'm really a fan of Taqueria. That's a new spot, but they really, you know, I'm, I'm a Mexican food fan, and uh, just they, they got that fresh taste. It, and it, and it, it, doesn't, it doesn't leave you super bloated or super full when you're finished. It's a good, healthy full, but at the same time, you can still get a little crazy. And at some of the old line, we call it getting naughty. Uh, if you, you know, you get a little naughty with the food. Uh, uh, you, you can, if you want, get a little cheesy, a little sour cream, you know, some dairy in there. But uh, you, it, 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 I like that a lot. I probably have to pick Tagaria. All right, Dorian Miller. Thank you. Yep, no problem.
Okay, thank you to Dorian Miller for spending some time with us this week. And before we get into the news, we have a surprise cameo. And I call this a surprise because normally I edit and produce these podcasts Thursday morning and and set them to go up on iTunes Thursday night. Well, Thursday afternoon, I met with Rutgers basketball coach Steve Peichel to talk about the upcoming season and about Midnight Madness. And I said, hey, why don't... Why don't we get something for our Rutgers ScoutCast listeners as well? So what we're going to hear now is just a quick two-minute fun conversation between myself and Steve Peichel about Midnight Madness tonight and about the upcoming season. We're going to go way more in-depth with Coach Peichel next week when we are live from Washington, D.C. at Big Ten Basketball Media Day. But here's your first taste. I think that once you guys get to know Steve Peichel, you are going to see someone different than the Rutgers basketball coaches that you're used to. Coach, why is uh, why is Midnight Madness back? It had gone away for a few years. Why did you want to bring it back? Oh, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan. First of all, Midnight Madness, we used to do it when I was a player. I know how the players really like it. And, uh, you know, I want to do a great job uh, at the things that our players, you know, like. And they've worked hard to get this opportunity. We had talked about it earlier when I got the job, and I just said, it depends on how hard you guys work. Um, and again, players like it. I think the fans like it. Um, we're going to have some recruits there too, and and I think recruits like it. Uh, and we'll get our work done earlier in the day. So I think it's a win-win for everybody. And um, really excited to uh, you know bring it back uh, here to the rack and bring it back to Rutgers basketball. Um, I hear Corey Sanders and I hear slam dunk contest. That's kind of what sells me. Um, what else is going on? And obviously, I would bet Corey's talking a lot of trash. Well, I mean, you know, Corey can he can really dunk. Actually, he wants to be in the three point shooting contest too. So um, he's getting more and more confident, and he's working hard on his three point shot too. Uh, so that's good. But uh, you know, we're gonna have a skills competition. We're gonna you know do some things with the fans. Uh, we're gonna have a three point shooting contest. Um, we're gonna do some drills with the with the women's program too, and the Hall of Fame coach, Coach Stringer. Um, you know, so I think it's a good way for our fans to get to know. We have a lot of new faces. We have five newcomers. We had some guys, too, on the team last year that were hurt, that are back, uh, you know, playing. Deshaun Freeman will be in the dunk contest, too, which he's excited about. So, you know, I'm excited to get, you know, all of our players involved in the different contests, but I'm excited, too, to get the students involved with our program. Uh, you mentioned it real quick, uh, Steve Evan Stringer, sharing a court with a Hall of Fame coach, something like this, that has to be an exciting and honor mm-hmm. for you. You know what? She's been great. So she's a wealth of knowledge here at this university. She's been very successful. Um, and anytime you get to share the court with uh, someone that's won as many games as her and the programs that she's built and taking teams to Final Fours um, is just exciting. And, and our players really, really like the women's players, too. So, um, you know, there'll be some great interaction. We'll have a lot of fun. And, you know, hopefully a lot of people show up and enjoy their first glimpse of uh, Rutgers men's and women's basketball. And last question, You're, this weekend's obviously you mentioned the recruiting. It's big for you guys. Not only this, but getting to take kids to something like playing number five Michigan in the lights. Like how, how exciting is this weekend from a recruiting aspect? You know, it's, it's exciting. I mean, anytime you get to play, you know, Michigan football too, the place will be packed. Uh, we're in full swing too with our season at Midnight Madness. You combine the two. It's a great combination, a lot of excitement, a lot of good things going on here on this campus you know, this weekend. So hopefully people come out, the students come out, the community comes out. 
Um, we're certainly uh, using this weekend as, as a great way to um, get a lot of players here uh, in state and out of state um, to watch our program and to watch our great football program too. Right on. Thank nice you. Easy. Thank you. Thanks again to our guest this week, Dorian Miller. Had a good time talking nothing football with Dorian, the pride of Metuchen, and I'm sure that my new guest now, Brian Doan, loved to hear that Dorian Miller, big, uh, big soccer video game guy. <laughs> Look, the one thing about all these guys are they all love FIFA. They're, they're big on it. I'm glad to hear that he's doing well and, and is enjoying the FIFA soccer. Well, speaking of soccer, and it sounds like I've yes! got some, some editing to do on this podcast already, we're going to talk a little bit now about Rutgers' biggest star, and that is Carly Lloyd. Not Alexi Lawless. I think Carly Lloyd is the much bigger name right now. And I agree. She made the news this week. I'm sure you everyone saw the story. It was in the Star-Ledger. Uh, Steve Politi talked to her about her book, and it became a story of Carly Lloyd finally acknowledging that her relationship with Rutgers is non-existent. Uh, Carly Lloyd says in the interview that things were great with Tim Pernetti. She was honored at games. She came by all the time. But since then, not a lot of contact. Uh, Pat Hobbs has only been here for 10 months. And I think you can do the math in terms of where things went wrong and the fact that Pat Hobbs hasn't had much time to reach out to her while she's on a book tour and playing soccer. And things used to be good under Pernetti. Hey, there's always time to reach out. In 10 months, you should have time to reach out. That's first. Now, whether you can set up a meeting and schedules, that's something else. But you always have time to reach out. It's a, it could be a 10-minute phone call. If, if we can't find 10 minutes in a day to do a phone call, I, I don't know what the problem is. Now, when you're looking at the other stuff, yeah, I think it's just a combination of things. You know, one of the things that we always heard about, Sam, and you and I had talked about was whether or not Rutgers used her likeness to promote something using one athletic company when she was sponsored by another. Right. Um, that was something big that was going on. Uh, sometimes we like to keep these things under wraps a little bit because there's no reason to just start fueling the fire on this stuff. You're supposed to celebrate the game of soccer and, and everything that the U.S. women have accomplished because they are the most dominant national team in the world, men or women. Um, and so you want to celebrate that, especially when Carly Lloyd's doing well. But you have to get it fixed. You have to get it fixed. Um, you can talk all you want about football and and that drives the, the bus and it does you have to keep your stars in the fold there's no reason somebody like Carly Lloyd shouldn't be doing a book signing at a Rutgers Michigan football game right if you can yeah if you can get Jesse the body Ventura to come out to Barnes and Noble and do a book signing this this month you absolutely got to get Carly Lloyd I believe her only book signing in New Jersey was way up north, Jersey City, Hoboken, something like that. I'm sure she'll hit South Jersey where she's from as well. Uh, you mentioned, obviously, there are some issues that may or may not have set Carly Lloyd off or her people off, and she denied that in, in Steve Politi's story, but, I mean, we both heard it and we've mentioned it before. The, the thing that I, I look at in this is whether you're mad at Rutgers or you don't have a good relationship, uh, the Rutgers women's soccer team has done some tremendous things in the last 12 months, and I would argue that that team, it doesn't matter how you feel about the athletic department or the school or the people or whatever, that team deserves the support of someone like Carly Lloyd, and I wish that uh, she was able to be more supportive of the women's soccer team during their trek to the Final Four last year. 
they they accomplished a lot. They were one of the most accomplished teams for Rutgers last year, and it would have been cool to see her at least send a tweet for good luck. All right, now everybody get a pen and pencil out or and a piece of paper. Sam, you're right. Yeah. Okay, so we have that documented. Um, yeah, and and I think the Scarlet Report fan base is really knowledgeable about things. Nobody noticed that Carly Lloyd wasn't tweeting about women's soccer and their great run last year. This has been going on for a long time. Not only were there things messed up with what you see on the field behind the scenes, and I, I think I'm finally to that point where I'm just going to stop always bashing what took place for the last few years and just move forward. I think by now everybody understands what a cluster it was. Yeah, I don't believe you. Um, I, I guess what I'll say in closing here, I know people are going to say, oh, there's NJ.com stirring up controversy again, and you can certainly you could certainly uh, talk about that. And Listen, all that controversy stuff, I, I don't want to hear it because if you look at the boards – you can write about a kid putting Rutgers as his leader, and it's going to get three people to respond. And you write about a kid who takes an unofficial visit to Penn State instead of Rutgers, and 9,000 people respond. So that's what people want to read. I don't care about what people say. That's what they want to read. Controversy is what they read. Yeah, I would agree. If, uh, if you know, stories like Mike Divertov the other week or any commit we've gone to see didn't get totally ignored because they said so many nice things about Rutgers – then you'd have an argument. But my point in finishing what I was saying uh, as we transition into part two of the news here, yeah, you're going to complain that this story was written and it makes Rutgers look bad or whatever, but guess what? Guarantee you that this story does more to fix the situation than anything in the last 18 months. All right, Brian, there's only so much to say about this Michigan game, and you get the real preview content for our subscribers coming up in the next... 36 hours before kickoff, but one thing that I think is interesting to discuss here on the show is the first in-season official visit of the Chris Ash era. I, I think it's interesting that, first off, it's a good job by Rutgers to get a kid like Marquise Bell and his family to come to campus for this when other official visits have already had issues for him, but the in-season official visit is a lot different and a lot less ideal for the coaching staff, usually, than what you would experience in December or in January. How do you see this visit playing out? And is this a situation where, look, we got an opportunity to get grandma on campus. Let's just do it and not worry about the uh, details. It's the only time he had because he's got an official visit to Maryland, October 22nd, an official visit to Clemson, November 12th, an official visit to Ohio State for the Michigan game on November 26th. He's supposed to announce his decision December 1st. It does not leave a lot of wiggle room. If you're Rutgers, do you want to bring him on an official for the Illinois game, or do you want to bring him on one for the Michigan game? Um, now, he's still trying to visit Michigan. Here's the interesting thing, Sam. Um, Rutgers has done a great job recruiting Marquise's grandmother, recruiting Marquise's coach, and they've done a great job recruiting Marquise, too. Um, there's other people in South Jersey who still are not on board, but... You work those angles as well because there's a lot of people have their, you know, interests in their kids, these kids. You have to get them on campus. You get to show what your stadium could be like, okay, at the beginning of the game. If it doesn't go well by the end of the game, you say, hey, if you're here, it, that's how the crowd's like at the end of the game. You show them the video of them storming the field a few years ago. It's a, 
if he didn't make the official, they have no chance for him. With him making the official, and there's some other things going on in his recruitment that lead me to believe Rutgers is in it more than a lot of people think, including myself maybe a week ago. Um, but we'll see how things play out, and, and in due time we'll unveil some of those things if they do come to fruition or a couple things that we're checking on as this podcast is going. Don't DM me. Don't post on the board every three seconds. When we have the info, we'll pass the info along. But I, I think Were, Rutgers, were you winking when you said don't DM? Like, do you actually want them to send you a bunch of questions about it? Or I'll tell you what. If you have questions, everybody DM Sam, email Sam, text Sam, call Sam, go to Sam's place of residence and knock on his door and ask That's for it. That's 703. <laughs> uh. That's not the address, folks. Um, but, you know, I, I think Rutgers has more of a chance than maybe uh, I thought a couple weeks ago. Now, on this visit, normally on official visit, you spend a lot of time with the coaches and the players every meal lots of tours, all that stuff. You can't really do that in a game day environment, but you can do enough. And I think that, one, you look at a guy like Amir Mitchell who's joined the program, knows Marquise Bell, and he doesn't have much to do on Saturday other than wear his gear and cheer against Michigan. Uh, So I think that he'll have plenty of time, assuming the Rutgers staff trusts a newcomer to show Marquise Bell around, hang out with him. I think that'll help. And we've all established that Chris Ash probably isn't a human being, that he's, you know, a robot. So as long as you schedule in time for Chris Ash to spend with Marquise Bell, he'll be able to meet that schedule and get his job done in addition to game prep. Yeah, and Marquise will come up with his grandma, 8 a.m., the car's picking him up like I wrote. Um, they'll get to campus by 10, 10.30. They'll be able to look around, meet with a bunch of people. It's great that it's a 7 p.m. game. The big thing is how long does he stay on Sunday? Because technically he can stay until 8 a.m. on Monday morning. morning. Now Rutgers will give him a ride back home at some point Sunday. From everything I've heard, they're trying to get him home Sunday late afternoon, really early evening. Maybe that changes a little bit based on what takes place over the weekend and you know, how tired you are, how much they have to get home, and things like that. You know, this isn't the old Rutgers where you took trips to New York. You're not doing that anymore. They're using on-campus stuff. They're, they're selling what's going on on campus. And from that aspect, I think it'll be a very good atmosphere up until at least 730. Um, <laughs> we'll see what happens after that. But uh, I, I think it's something that you had to do based on his time frame for making a decision based on visiting Rutgers was not a priority for him. On the flip side, he decides December 1st. I I know this will shock you, Sam, but sometimes kids take visits after they're committed. And sometimes they set a decision date and don't decide on that day. That does happen as well. So we'll see what what transpires. Um, I think Marquise will have a lot of time in November. His team's 0-4 and and, uh, I don't see a lot of wins coming down the pike for him to get into the playoffs. Yeah, uh, speaking of making a decision, uh, the early signing period is something that's in the news again, going to be discussed. You guys read a good story by uh, our friend Kevin Wade, breaking it all down. I I guess my question, Brian, to you, you're a national recruiting analyst, as we say every week. Is this good for Rutgers? I mean, we know kind of how it helps and hurts the student-athletes and colleges, 
But for Rutgers specifically, how yes. do you think this helps? I, I think it helps them in a huge way, and here's why. And I'm not going to name names, but I, I think we can all look at some players that are still on Rutgers' board, still on the board, um, where schools are saying, yes, we're interested, come take an official. And I'll tell you right now that for some kids still on Rutgers' board, some of the top programs are not taking these kids. I don't care what they say about visits. I don't care where they say they're going. I don't care that they make these visits. They're not taking these players. And so Rutgers doesn't have to say to them, hey, is this school really recruiting you hard or, or do you think this? They will have something tangible to say, look, we want you on this day in June or on this day in July. Um, and we'll be able to sign them. The other schools may be waiting to see how other things play out with kids. And so they'll be able to, Rutgers should be able to take advantage of that. Rutgers is not in a position where it takes a lot of kids and then drops them because they don't perform well as a senior. So for me, that's how it helps them in a big way. And, and it shows that the, Rutgers were able to go to these kids and say, our interest in you is legitimate. Here's a piece of paper to sign it. Can you imagine if you're if you're Chris Ash and you're going into an in-home visit in December with, uh, say, a good undecided target, and you put down the piece of paper and said, "Here, look, we've signed the number one player in the state, Micah Clark. We've signed our top quarterback target, Jonathan Lewis. We've signed one of the best receivers in the region, in Bo Melton. These guys are 100% coming here. So why don't you come too? I, I think that's a lot of ammo. Now, obviously, Rutgers isn't going to have." this success every year consistently early in recruiting? No, I think they will. Okay, I'll take that bet. I think they will. I mean, as long as they keep working hard, there's no reason to think otherwise. I think what this does more than anything, if it happens, is it hurts the the schools that you've seen come out against it, the Ohio States, the Alabamas, that send out all these offers that mean nothing, that send out offers that are never going to be committable. Think about some of the kids that you've heard that have gotten Alabama offers or South Carolina offers in New Jersey. It hurts them because they can't do that anymore. They can do it. It just has less teeth. Right. And on top of that, if Rutgers works hard, finds a, finds a gem in its backyard that no one knows about, say, I don't know, a, a Edwin Lopez, and he blows up, has a great season, well, Ohio State can't just say, well, we're Ohio State, we're going to come steal him now because he's already signed to Rutgers. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And on the flip side, you wouldn't have guys. Tyler Green, a kid out of DeMath a few years ago, was a safety who committed to Ohio State early in the process, wound up going to Indiana after Ohio State dropped him a few weeks before signing day. You won't have that. You won't have, like you mentioned, people coming in and stealing guys. But, you know, Rutgers does that too. Right. I mean... They got the defensive end who was from Piscataway up at, he was at Milford Academy. Um, he was committed to Temple. So it's going to impact Rutgers in being able to, you know, pilfer some of those kids later in the process as well. But I think what it does is, I'll, I'll give you an example. And he's a player in college, I've, so I have no problem using his name. Um, if you go back and track the stories, you'll see how things changed with him. Kid out of North Jersey, offensive lineman Marcel Lassard, was told me he was going to commit to West Virginia. Had a date all picked out. Wrote a story on it. Within the next couple of days, Florida and Ohio State offered. Um, I, I looked at it and I love Marcel. I think he was a good player in high school and had a lot of areas to develop. But those weren't the kind of kids that Ohio State and Florida were taking at the time. 
he decided to postpone his announcement, went to Ohio State, because basically they offered him to get on the camp there. And that's that's a common thing. I mean, a lot of places do that. Yeah, not, Rutgers does it Rutgers too. Rutgers does it too, so let's not say that it's just Ohio State. Then he was going to look hard at Florida and go down there, and, and it looked like he wanted to commit to one of those two schools, and lo and behold, he wound up committing to West Virginia. Um, sometimes offers are extended to delay processes. Sometimes they're extended to put pressure on another kid to commit. Um, sometimes Urban Meyer offers Ronnie James just to troll Kyle Flood. That's, that's a really good point. I forgot about that. But you look at what Rutgers is doing with Devin Darrington, um, they make, you know, it's known that if Jonathan Taylor decides he's going to go elsewhere, that Devington Darren, Devin Darrington's next. I think that's, that's how you play the game. Um, it's just that guys, you know, coaches just have to get more creative with how they play the game if an si- early signing period comes about. And one other quick thing just to keep in mind with rule changes and meetings and all this stuff is the idea of adding a 10th assistant coach is going to be discussed. Uh, once Rutgers gets Big Ten money, I'm sure that's great. But until then, I mean, I don't know if it'll mean much. Yeah, it might have been nice if Chris Ash could have used that 10th spot to keep an additional Rutgers coach on staff for familiar- familiarity, but I don't know if he'd want to do that anyway. But until the Big Ten money comes, I don't think it'll matter much. Yeah, and I think the other thing is when you're tossing around these dates and you look at Ohio State and Florida and why they're against it, just one other thing to consider. Ohio State and Florida both run really big camps at the end of July, Friday Night Lights. Kids love it. They go from all over the country to go to Friday Night Lights at those two schools. If you put an early signing period in June, that really impacts one of their big recruiting moments. So there's a lot to consider. Then what does Rutgers do? They have their 7-on-7 camp in late June. Do they have to move that up? So there's a lot of other things to consider in this. All right, here comes the Rutgers mailbag segment of the week. Every time you say that, I think of Blue's Clues. You mean the guy that's like in jail for heroin, that Blue's Clues? I don't know that. I just think of the show Blue's Clues. Yeah, that guy's been in jail for 15 years. Which one, the first one or the second Steve. one? Steve. What about the dog? Is, is, is the dog okay? Uh, I hope so. Okay, good. All right, so in this mailbag, tweet me your questions, at Sam Hellman Scout. Of course, the first dibs go to our subscribers on Scarlet Report, and you can reach out to me, reference this podcast for an extended free trial. But jumping right into questions, the uh, on-topic question this week, I guess, came for people that are worried about the hurricane, about the uh, weather coming on Saturday or not coming, depending on who you ask. Uh, Do you have a favorite weather game, a game that you remember covering from the weather, from whether it's a travel thing or an actual game, anything like that? Because I have one. I can give you one. Yeah, go think. ahead. Because I want to see, is it one we covered? Is it one I attended? Is it one I watched because I was stranded in a hotel room or at a firehouse in Connecticut? Exactly. Well, when I think weather game, uh, first off, one thing that comes to mind is the Kyle Flood's debut at Tulane was three days after a hurricane. So traveling there was nuts. The city was without power. It, it was a very interesting trip, but it had no impact in you know, that arena. So as far as an actual weather game, I would go with 2008, Rutgers at Army. Uh, Mike Teal barely plays because he's got a broken thumb. It is a monsoon. It's pouring. It took six hours to get there from my uh, dorm at Rutgers. You walked? I probably would have gotten to West Point faster if I did. But when I got there, the weather is so bad, you got to walk up uphill both ways to get to the stadium. And the weather was so bad, Jabu Lovelace was the quarterback who really couldn't throw that well if it was 75 and sunny. 
So what they do, they gave it to Ray Rice, I think, 39 times. He set a career high in rushing, and everything was fine after that. It was a memorable game, my first road trip covering Rutgers, and I really wanted it to be my last road trip at that time. I can understand that. But I have a lot of uh, different ones when, when it comes to weather, but I think my favorite and most unique was the West Virginia game at Rutgers Stadium when Greg Schiano was the coach. Ah, uh, yeah. And I, I can't remember. I think it was like early October, mid-October, and it was an ice kind of snowstorm that blanketed the area. And I remember Rutgers' first half did everything great, played really well. Um, they were ahead at the half, and they were really in control of things. They were keeping, you know, West Virginia used change of direction and speed. You put ice all over the field, changes that. Right, right. Halftime comes out. They come out for at halftime, and I said to my wife, I said, why are they plowing the field? Are you kidding me? And apparently Greg Schiano had the same feeling and same thought because... He probably used more uh, expletives. My understanding is came down the tunnel at the end of the half to get back on the field and looked out there and saw some of the field was plowed and was none too pleased about it. And what happened? West Virginia broke a couple big plays, won the game. I think that was probably my favorite weather game. I mean, I've, uh, Sam, I've been doing this a little longer than you, so I've had my fair share of weather games and, and all that stuff. Um, but that's kind of my favorite thing because any good head coach, Greg Schiano, Chris Ash, Urban Meyer, has huge control about everything. Everything. And for somebody else to make the decision to plow a field against West Virginia, I mean, are you kidding me? That only happens at one school in the country. Well, okay, uh, Brian had to go return some videotapes before we could go off topic this week. But go ahead and send us tweet or email or whatever off topic questions for next week and we'll try and double up on them. Have a little more fun in the mailbag. Please keep sending that stuff. Please keep reviewing us, rating us in iTunes, and subscribing. It really does help. The only way that this show is going to continue is if that kind of support continues. I spend a lot of time on this. I love doing podcasts. I Like I mentioned earlier in the show, this is really what I've loved doing and used to entertain myself since I was a kid listening to talk radio. So... I'd love to keep doing that, and with your support, I can. With uh, sponsors like FanEssentials.net, I can. So thank you to everyone that's been supportive of this so far. Go ahead and shoot me a retweet when I put it out. Tell your friends about the show, whatever. Make sure Dorian Miller knows that his time was not wasted. Tweet him a good luck message, a thank you before the Michigan game. If you are listening to this before Midnight Madness, make sure to let Coach Peichel and his staff know that you are coming or that you heard him on the show. Whatever it is, they see that stuff, and they appreciate it, and I appreciate it as well. So that's our show this week. I think next week is going to be a pretty basketball-heavy show. It depends on what happens with my travels and a few other interviews I'm trying to get set up while I'm in Washington, D.C. for Big Ten Basketball Media Day. 
That is Thursday afternoon where we're going to hear from Steve Peichel, Mike Williams, and Corey Sanders live from Washington, D.C., my hometown. Oh, yeah, and there's still football to come up. There's still visits coming up. Another big game for Rutgers. We're going to get you all prepared. And make sure you check out scarletreport.com for all the latest. Hit me up on the Twitter. Hit me up on my email, and we'll make sure that you stay informed. So I am Scarlet Report publisher Sam Hellman, the host of the Rutgers Scoutcast. Thanks for listening to episode 31. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.